Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011, at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we will be reviewing the new Universal Studios film, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, Tooth Fairy 2, Barbie and a Mermaid's Tale 2, and The Adventures of Tintin. So to start off the show, we will be talking about the new Lorax from Universal Studios, which came out on March 2nd, starring Taylor Swift and Zac Efron. And we have with us one of the new 2012 Kids First Film critics, Cheyenne, from L.A. And this is her first time on the show. So how are you doing today, Cheyenne? Great. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what this movie is about? Oh, it's so funny. And it teaches, like, about nature and the Lorax. And this this guy comes and travels and see what he could find, and their family thinks that he's gonna fail and go back and and ask them for money, and but but he actually sees like real trees that are soft as like smooth blankets and silk and stuff, and but when he, he can make stuff and knit, and so he cut down trees and he meets the Lorax, that's the guardian of the forest. And he starts using all the trees, and the Lorax is trying to tell him, don't cut the trees, don't cut the trees. And the guy who found the trees made a promise, but he broke it anyways. And so you start making these, like, scars that are named, that are called the Needs. The place that he found, he named it the Needville because his factory was there, and he cut down all the trees mm -hmm. to make all the Needs. And when they cut down the last tree... All the animals there and the Lorax had to go away and find a new home, see where food is, 
because the trees had like berries that they could eat. I see. Well, it sounds like a very good movie, and um, I haven't seen it yet actually, but I remember seeing the original Dr. Seuss film, The Lorax, and uh, it's very short, but you know, it put out such a fantastic message, like you said, about taking care of the environment, and like the Lorax is the protectors of the trees, and we sort of need to stand up and become the protectors of the earth. So what did you think about this film? You know, did you really like it? Was it okay? What did you think of it? I really loved it because it teaches a lesson and there's this um, O'Hare person who makes air because the town Thneedville, when they cut down all the trees, like from now and Thneedville, all they have is like plastic trees and stuff. So it becomes very plastic. Yeah, it's like all everything artificial and stuff. And there's this boy named Ted Mm -hmm. and like she painted like trees and stuff and she told Ted all about it and and her birthday was coming up and she said my birthday present was what I really wish was to have and to be a birthday present is to have an actual growing tree and Ted likes her so he's trying to go to find a tree and his grandmother is um, telling him the onesler knows where the tree is because the onesler is the person who cut down the trees and the Wensler has the final seed. And like when he tries to find it, the O'Hare person, he has cameras everywhere. So he's trying, because he sells air stuff, so they could have air besides trees. And they, like Audrey's painting, it says the property of O'Hare and they painted all the stuff like gray and to make it all, and to make it blank. And they went into Ted's house and tried to find the seed in his room. And there was water right next to the seed in this, the water came onto the seed, and then when they went into Ted's room, the O'Hare person and the and his security guards, they could they couldn't find the seed, and the grandma has the seed, and the O'Hare person and the security guard is trying to chase um Ted and his grandma and Audrey to um get the seed because they don't want trees growing because or else they'll lose their business. So what did you think yeah. about the animation in this film and the 3D aspect of it? Oh, the 3D is so, it's great. And the animation is just like in real life. I think that's cool how um, when in watching the trailers and looking at the Lorax and the Truffle trees, it, they looked like really soft. And I can only imagine in 3D, you could feel like you would just reach out and touch them and they would be the softest things. Is that how it was for you? Yeah. And like when, like, I think the Lorax put out the... Um, put out like one of those Lisa and uh, it was in 3D I'm like oh oh no I didn't touch, oh I didn't touch it <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny I thought, I thought it would be so soft mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. do you think you have a favorite character in this film I think my favorite character would be Audrey Audrey and why is that it's because she's so nice and sweet and she cares about nature and she always tries to like She's a very good person. She has big dreams that always come true to her. I see. Well, she sounds like a very admirable character and like somebody that you could really look up to. Mm-hmm. She is. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing the new Universal film, The Lorax, The Tooth Fairy 2, Barbie and a Mermaid's Tale 2, and The Adventures of Tintin. So right now we are talking about the new Lorax film, which came out on March 2nd, starring Danny DeVito, Zac Efron, Taylor Swift, Betty White, and Ed Helms. And we are talking with Cheyenne, who's one of the new um, 
Kids First Film Critics. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the voiceovers? Like, how did you think Taylor Swift and Zac Efron did as their parts? Zac Efron sounded really different when I heard him play Ted. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Swift, uh, her voice changed a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit. And Danny DeVito, of course, he'll sound like, of course, he'll sound like himself. He always has the deep voice and evilish kind of ish, you know. Mm-hmm. And Betty White, she has a really deep voice as she plays um, the Wensler's grandma. She's like, oh, I'll yeah. Trick. yeah, she's like, I'll trick the furry little peanut. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you thought they did a good job portraying the characters and they did good with their emotions and their voiceovers? Yep. That's yeah, awesome. They did great. They did good. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell me, do you think um, you would be any certain character in this film? And if so, which character do you think you would be? Of course, Audrey. <laughs> Audrey, because she, you can really look up to her. Is that why? Yeah, and I, and I get her feelings, mm-hmm. and I know her emotion. Well, I think that's really cool that you were able to relate to her like that. I think it's always fun when you go to movies and you watch it and you're like, oh my gosh, I could totally be that character. It always makes the movie so much more, like a lot deeper for you because you're able to relate to it on a deeper level if you can relate to a certain character. Yeah, it was really interesting. The um, the first word like I heard Audrey, I could really relate to her ever since I heard her voice. Yeah, I'm like oh my gosh, <laughs> I love yeah. her. Mm-hmm. So, what age group do you think this film would be good for? Um, I think it's good for six to eighteen. Six to eighteen, and why do you think so? There's some like bad words a little bit. A little and, bit. Yeah, a little bit, and. Teens always know Dr. Seuss, and Dr. Seuss can relate to pretty much everyone. And I think adults will like it, too, because they, of course, would go with their children. Mm -hmm. So you think adults can take their younger kids to this movie and be able to enjoy it as much as their kids could? Yep. That's awesome. So why don't you tell me how many stars you would give this film on a scale of one to five? Five stars. Five stars? That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm so glad you liked it so much. So what did you think about the soundtrack in this film? I know with Dr. Seuss, he's so wacky, so you have to have a good soundtrack to go along with it. So what did you think of it? Oh, one of the funny parts was Ted's like, Mom, I want a real tree. He's like, oh, honey, we got the latest edition tree. And then he's like, we got disco, and it played like disco music with all the lights. (laughs) And then he's like, rock and roll slow-mo for prom he's like ew mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they had like a little music scene it's like and like everybody when he shows the seed he's like saying come on let it grow and so like everybody's agreeing with him to say and they sound like let it grow let it grow and even the security guards from o'hare but o'hare's like i say let it die let it die and then, yeah. they, and then they throw him with, um, they like shoot him with the O'Hare air, and then they start growing all these trees That's everywhere. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the emotion in this film? It's obviously has to be silly and funny because it's Dr. Seuss, and, you know, um, since it's animated and just looking at the animation, I can tell it looks very funny. But can you tell me a little bit about if there's any other emotions in there, like some sadness because of the trees missing? There was a sad part that I kind of cried because the Lorax had to push. Um, the Lorax had to go somewhere else because 
um, he can't guard the forest without any trees, right? Yeah. So, and, like, all the bears, too. And there's this cute little bear, and, and he has to walk by himself, and you see this bear and this mama bear holding his, um, holding the bear, and they're all walking away trying to find a new home because all the trees are chopped down because he makes all these needs and stuff because they're so soft. Yeah, well, that sounds like a very sad part. But overall, it sounds like this film is fantastic. So be sure to go see the new Universal Studios film, The Lorax, starring Taylor Swift, Zac Efron, Danny DeVito, Ed Helms, and Betty White. And it came out in theaters March 2nd, so you're not too late to still catch it. Cheyenne, thank you so much for telling us all about this fantastic new animated film. And it was awesome to have you on the show, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for having me, Raven. Oh, no problem. It was a pleasure. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. 
Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss Tooth Fairy 2, and we have with us Casey, one of the 2012 Kids First film critics from New Mexico, and another 2012 Kids First film critic, Blake, from Hawaii. So how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. What about you, Casey? I'm doing great, too. Thank you. Cool. So, Blake, why don't you tell me a little bit about what this film is about? In the movie, Larry the Cable Guy plays a character named Larry, of course. And in the movie, he he's a bit he's he's a bit hot headed, and it it's does to some of the uh, other themes of the first movie. If you ever saw that with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh huh. And in this movie, he he uh, accidentally destroys this little boy's belief in the Tooth Fairy, and it's about him uh, redeeming himself as a person while trying to get his uh, true love Brooke back. His girlfriend. I see. So, Casey, what did you think about this film? I thought it was a great, great movie, but I thought the storyline was a little cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, what was cheap about it? It didn't seem like they put a lot of effort into this movie. I just thought they could have put a lot more effort into it. Yeah. Like, Larry plays a good part, but I think the other characters could have played done better. So you think the acting could have been a bit improved? Yes. I see. Well, what is something that you liked about this film? Oh, I love Larry. He you was thought he did a good job? Yes, I do think he did a great job. Awesome. So, um, Cassie, or Casey, sorry. What did you think about the uh, cinematography and the visuals in this film? It was okay. It was okay? Well, what did you think about it? Like, um, what were some of the good things about it? I know one thing that I thought was pretty fake. What? I think when he started flying and his wings and his outfit, he looked fake. He didn't look like he had real wings. They just looked like they were the normal princess fairy wings. Yeah, I see. I um I haven't actually seen this film yet, but I saw the very first Tooth Fairy film and I thought it was really funny. I did I do agree with you. Um in the first Tooth Fairy film, I thought some things were a bit cheesy, but I kind of understand what they were going for with that because it is funny and um so I know I think it's kind of a good aspect of this film. So Blake, what did you think about the sound effects and the soundtrack in this film? The soundtrack in this movie was very, very average. There wasn't much. There wasn't much of anything that really uh, spoke out to me about the music in this film. I mean, the music in the movie is suiting most of the times, but you don't really notice it. It's more of background noise than an actual thing. But uh, the sound effects in this movie, however, were uh, pretty good for the most part. I mean, when they the the glitter and the sounds that fairies make all sounded like something a fairy would make. They were all magical and pretty cool to hear. Mm-hmm. And Blake, did you see the first Tooth Fairy? Yes, I did. I I love the first Tooth Fairy. I really like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And that brings me to one of my pet peeves about this film is that they lost a lot of the main stars from the first movie. So I'm gonna say if if you're uh, seeing Tooth Fairy two to see either. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Julie Andrews that uh, they're not in this movie and it's it's they're all completely new actors other mm-hmm. than Larry the Cable Guy. I see. So you didn't think it compared that well to the first Tooth Fairy? No. Yeah, not much. I mean, I I could see what they're trying to do. I'm, most of the storyline in the movie was pretty much the same thing as the first one and that that kind of disappointed me a little bit when I saw mm-hmm. that cuz the characters are mostly the same, but with different actors. Although, one of the characters in the movie, played by Brady Rader, is Nix. And uh, Nix is 
is one of my favorite characters in the film, and she brings really a great sense of authority to the movie. And you can tell that she's definitely the boss at such a young age, which I really enjoyed watching. That's awesome. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Tooth Fairy 2, Barbie and a Mermaid's Tale 2, and The Adventures of Tintin. So right now we're talking about Tooth Fairy 2, and Blake was just telling me about how he really liked one of the characters, Nyx. So... Blake, what do you think? Who do you think your favorite character would be, or do you think it's Nyx? Honestly, I really liked Nyx a lot. Um, Brady Raider, she's a really young actor, but she did such a good job. She just looks so natural on camera in all the scenes of the movie, and she gives such a, like I said, such an authority to the film. And you can tell that she's like the head tooth fairy, and she she does a great job with her acting for her first time. So, Casey, what did you think your favorite character would be? I would have to say um, Larry played by Larry Guthrie, better known as Larry the Cable Guy. And why uh, do you think he's your favorite character? He had a really good sense of humor, in a, but um, he was serious, but he had a funny sense of humor at the same time. I thought I liked that. Well, that's good that he was able to convey multiple personalities in such an effortless way, and I'm really glad that you were able to enjoy that and pick up on that. So, Casey, what do you think your favorite um, scene would be? I really liked my favorite, well, he's not really a character, but my favorite animal is Crusher, the, like, miniature guard pig. But my favorite mm-hmm. scene is when he was trying to get into the house and he used moon pies with amnesia dust on them to stop Crusher from crushing him. Uh-huh. That sounds really funny. So, Blake, what do you think your favorite scene would be? Well, there is uh, one really funny scene in the movie, and I hope most of you get the reference. But um, during, like, towards the middle of the movie, uh, Larry the Larry, he's just became a fairy, and he's uh, actually prancing cl- clumsily to the dance of the sugar plum fairy, which I thought was was really funny. And I'm glad they included that re- reference in there because it's a song about a fairy, and everybody's heard of it. And it was pretty humorous on how terribly he was dancing, and I just <laughs> it, that really stuck out to me. Casey, I know you were saying that um, Larry the Cable Guy did a good job of conveying those multiple emotions, but how do you think the whole film did emotion-wise? I thought the relationship between Brooke and her boyfriend, I thought it was a little too inappropriate for what they were trying to shoot at, for the ages they were trying to shoot at. So, Blake, what did you think about how the emotion was captured? Uh, The emotion in this movie, it's... It's not that it's not one of the it's not one of those kinds of movies where like they try to send a pure shot of emotion across uh, the audience, but it's one of those more fun movies that uh, you'll enjoy watching for a short time and that little kids will definitely uh, love. That's awesome. So you think that this movie is for an age range at a like a little bit of a younger age range? Yes, definitely. I think the the movie will definitely. Uh, please a lot of the younger kids i watched it with my sister and she absolutely loved it and how old is your sister she is uh seven yeah my little brother's seven and we watched the first tooth fairy together and he really enjoyed that and i did as well but casey do you think you would agree that younger kids would enjoy this film a little bit better than you and blake did yes um i think ages from six to eight six to eight would really enjoy this i think those are the ages maybe five to eight but i think they would really enjoy this movie 
so Casey, did you um, get any morals or messages out of this film? As I've said, the storyline wasn't the greatest, so I was trying to find one, but um, the storyline was kind of confusing. Do you think that maybe younger kids might be able to pick up on a moral or message or something that might, like, you know, maybe a lesson that it might teach them? Yeah, I think there's some life lessons in there, like love and friendship are better memories, not winning cars. I think that the how he won a car was that part was a little bit cheesy you think so so Blake um what do you think any morals or messages might be or anything that maybe you or younger kids might be able to get out of this film honestly I got out of this film was uh that Larry in this movie he kind of played of a man child like instead Uh of accepting the responsibilities of an adult he became like engaged to all these riches and he basically has gone through life getting most of the things he's gotten without any work at all. So this movie is mostly about becoming a man and, you know, growing up and taking initiative to the uh, responsibilities you have in your life. That's what I got from it. And were you able to relate to the story in any way, or do you think you could identify with one of the characters? Uh, Nick's in this movie was something I could relate to because, you know, playing the uh, funny role of, like, uh, being a boss, you know, at such a young age is something I feel sometimes I have to do in my house because things get a little <laughs> crazy every yeah. once in a while. But it, it's all in good fun, and, like, I definitely relate to her. She's the head fairy. Well, I can absolutely relate to you in that same way. Well, it looks like we're out of time, but Blake and Casey, thank you so much for telling me and the rest of our audience about Tooth Fairy 2. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice of America Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. 
You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss Barbie and a Mermaid's Tale 2 with Camille and Cheyenne, and they are both new 2012 Kids First film critics. So how are you guys today? I'm good. Awesome. How are you? I'm good. And what about you? Oh, I'm great. Awesome. Cool. So, Cheyenne, why don't you tell me a little bit what this film is about? Well, this film is about like this girl named Malia who's half human and half mermaid because she's the princess of um, this Oceana palace and she was born with legs and um, and her mother was born with a tail so her mother gave her a necklace that could transform her to a human and a mermaid so whenever she wants to be a mermaid and she wants to see her mom she says I wish to become a mermaid And she's in a surfing competition, and she always wins first place. And there's a really big ceremony that her mom wants to go to, but she she has to go to the surfing competition in Australia. And she chooses that over being at that important ceremony to be in the um in the important ceremony because like um her mom says every year there must be a member from the royal family to go on the throne. And there's this evil aunt who has powers that um that could say that she could put like her fierce nightmare, and so when her mom is on the throne, um she's it and her aunt is in a wind tunnel, and and this her competitor Kylie, she's really mean, and there's this evil fish that's on its aunt side. And says, you see the necklace that Malia always wears? You should grab it out of her friend's pocket because her friend was eating all this goo from Australia. And she, uh, she, she loves it so much and barely anybody's eating it. So um, she has all this huge bowl and all these other bowls and she can't hold that, um, she can't hold that purse that has the necklace in there. And, and the fish says, get the purse and get the necklace. So she's like, oh, do you want me to help you with that purse? And her friend says, yeah, sure. And so when she goes at the table, she hides the, she gets the necklace and hides it behind her back and then gets the necklace and puts, and Kylie gets the necklace and puts it on her and goes in the water and it's panicking. And she's saying to the fish, what do I do? What do I say? She's like, just say, I wish to become a mermaid. And she said that, and there's this tail um, in the bottom of her, 
and she went down with the water with the fish and um, she was keep on holding her breath and it was really funny. And then the fish is like, you know you could breathe underwater, right? And she's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And then the fish is like, just just don't hold your breath anymore. She's like, <sighs> it's like, oh wait, I can breathe underwater. And the fish tricks her to go into the wind tunnel where the evil ant is so the evil ant can get out of the wind tunnel and go on the throne because she's um, a part of the royal family and go mm-hmm. on the throne and make the ocean in danger. And so when Malia's looking for her necklace all day, she touches the water and she feels that something is wrong. But she can't be a mermaid because she doesn't have her necklace. So she, but she could still breathe underwater and swim underwater. In the evil ant, she has these powers, and she made the lyre of this uh, electric eel, like make it fierce nightmare. And its fierce nightmare was to be um, the tiniest fish eel, uh-huh. because he's the lead, and he's you know how the lead is always the biggest, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's the smallest, and it has a little squeaky voice, and it's like, "Whoa, wait, hey, hey, turn me back, turn me back!" Oh and wow! Then like, and, she, and then she says, "No, can't do. Your eels are with me now." And she says, "Either, either you face your fierce nightmares, or you join my side." So they join her side, and they try to defeat um the royal crown, like um the royal family members, because she wants to be like the queen. And Malia, and Malia sees Kylie in the wind tunnel, and she tries to save her. And there's this little seal who's always on her side, and the seal's so cute. And then it's like telling what's happening to the water. It sounds like there's a lot of conflict in this film, huh? Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of motion. Yeah, yeah, a lot of emotion. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing A Barbie and a Mermaid's Tale 2 and The Adventures of Tintin. So right now, Cheyenne was just telling me all about this film, and it sounds very fantastic. There's a bit of conflict in this film, but we know with all Barbie films, it'll be resolved. So Camille, what did you think about this movie um, and, and the cinematography? You know, Do you think you have a favorite character, a favorite scene where the cinematography really stood out to you? A character that I really liked was um, the little seal that Merlia always had with her. Um, I thought he was really cute. And I didn't really have a favorite scene, but after I watched it, I wanted to learn how to surf. Oh, yeah. I want to surf so bad. I want to learn how to surf. But, you know, not living in a place where there's an ocean, uh, it's a bit challenging to do that. And what did you think of the animation in this film? I didn't think it it was very good quality animation. You didn't think so? No. I remember reviewing um, a Barbie film a couple a couple radio shows ago with another one of um, our film critics. And we were talking about how the animation is never, you know, as good as the other films that are coming out in theaters, like the Lorax 3D or some other animated films like Tintin, which we will be reviewing later. But it is classic Barbie, like all of the Barbie movies. Um, I have a little cousin and I watch them all with her, but all of the Barbie movies sort of have this steady, plasticky type animation and I think it's kind of fun to watch because you know it is Barbie and the animation is kind of plasticky so I can understand what you mean by it's not as good as some other animation but I understand also why they do that so Shan what do you think the age group of this film should be I think I give this to 
maybe four to ten. Four to ten, and why do you think that? Well, because of course little kids will love Barbie, and um, I'm really interested into Barbie sometimes too. And when I saw the commercial for um, Barbie and a Mermaid Tale Two, I'm like, oh my gosh! I totally had to ask my mom to buy this movie. <laughs> and then you got to review it, so it's the best yeah. of both worlds. And huh? so, so when it shipped to me, I'm like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> so Camille, what did what um, rating would you give this film on a scale of one to five? I would give it three out of five stars. And why is that? It was because I thought that this movie was a bit too young for me. Um, and because of the animation, it was a little... Eh. A little bit, yeah, weak. So, Camille, yeah. how old are you? I'm 10. Okay, so you're on the upper age range for this. Yes. So I could understand how you think it would be a little bit too young for you. Yeah. So what do you think about the overall production of this film, you know, combining everything that we've talked about what do you what would you say about it i thought that it was it was pretty good um it had a good message i think and what do you think that message is i just thought that it was good that even if you don't like someone or like um in the movie like Leah was and kylie they were like surfing rivals um so they didn't really get along yeah and i thought that it was good because um i thought the good message was that was teamwork because kind of towards the end they work together a lot and that even if you don't really like someone it's still good to show respect to them and you don't have to be mean to them if even if you don't like them the best yeah yeah that's a very good message to get out Cheyenne did you think you got any morals or messages or anything that really stood out to you um I think this movie shows us how competition can be good and bad because if you think too much about winning then you think about yourself and you try to be mean to your competitors and like even though if you don't like people you should always be nice to them because they're only doing it because they have a passion to do it you don't have to be mean to them because you think you're better than them or or because you think they're better than you. You're all the same. It doesn't change. It, I totally understand that. That is yeah. such an awesome message to get out there that even though someone's competitive, it doesn't mean that you have to be mean to them or you have to not like them. You know, and I think that this film is perfect for younger kids. And I'm really glad that you guys were able to tell me all about it. It sounds like such a fun movie. And Cheyenne, I'm glad that you really liked it because you like playing with Barbies. And um, Camille, I'm also glad that you were able to enjoy it. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. 
To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the kids' first film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the adventures of Tintin with Anthony. So, Anthony, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. So why don't you tell me a little bit about this award-winning animated film? Well, it's a really, really good movie, and I said it was one of the best adventure movies I've ever seen. There was so much action. There was a big adventure. It, It was a really good movie. Well, it sounds awesome. So what made you like it so much? Well, at first, it started to be like... I didn't know what to do, and then it started to get more into the movie, and at first, it just, like, it one part, it was, like, it was just, it looked really scary, but it really, they all turned out fine. What did you think about the animation in this film? The animation was really cool, with all the things to add, it, this must took them forever to finish this movie because it has so much animation. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think it, the visuals were really good? Like, did it really grasp your attention? Yes. Uh, it 
It was like, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. I want to find out what happens next. Well, I think that's really good that it kept you on the edge of your seat and it really kept you hooked and you didn't lose interest in the film. So I think that's really good. I think there might be a Tintin 2. Oh, really? Do you think that would happen? Yes. And would you definitely go see that? Yes, I would go to see that because I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens left. Next, it left us on a cliffhanger right there. Mm-hmm. I think that since Tintin did such good, like such a good job in the theaters when it first came out, they should definitely do a Tintin too. That's even fun to say, isn't it? Tintin too. I know. <laughs> so, what did you think about the soundtrack in this film? I know, being an adventure film, it has to have good music. So, what's your opinions on that? There was so much good music. Um, it, most of the parts when like it, it just felt like it was going, just something was gonna go bad, but nothing really did. Mm-hmm. So it gave a little bit of suspense. Yeah, but I have one favorite part I want to share. Oh, what's the favorite part? Well, this is just one of them. Is that um they are on a boat um and they found. And just like the captain, he's drunk. He got a bottle of, like, alcohol, poured it on the center of the boat, and then Tintin woke up, and there was a fire in the middle of the boat. Oh, my gosh. And then um, the captain said, "Uh, here's a warm fire, Tintin, just said, in a boat. Oh my gosh! So the <laughs> so the captain sort of goes a little bit and then crazy he, for a minute. Yeah, and then he got another bottle of alcohol. He poured it into the fire, and then the boat exploded. Oh my gosh, that is that is not a very smart thing to do, is it? <laughs> no. So, what did you think about the voiceover talent and how the um, actors did in portraying the characters' emotions and, you know, through the voiceovers? How do you think they did? I think it really, really caught the emotion. Just like Tintin, what my favorite part was, mm-hmm. how he really just showered and was really worried uh-huh. that he just put the boat on fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what did you think about the overall emotion of this film? I know we were talking about how the emotion from the voiceovers was pretty good, but what did you think about the overall adventure emotion of this film? Well, the adventure emotion was really good. Tintin just wanted to find out what, like, what all this meant. And he found out there was three ships. He had because later on he found out there's three brothers and each brother made one ship and if you find all three it will lead to the world's greatest treasure where you'll find and then finally it just showed us another clue that's where it left me at the cliffhanger oh so i bet they will definitely make a tin tin too if it left you on a cliffhanger huh uh, yeah, I'm confused. I I need to know what happens next. Well, I think it's actually really interesting that this film hooked you so much that you're like so eager for the next film to come out and you don't even know if there will be one. So I think that's very important that films will hook fans and get them to really get into the film and really identify with it. So speaking of identifying with it, were you able to relate to the film in any way or was there a specific character that you were able to relate to? 
There's just one thing I would relate to. I like to have an adventure, just like Tintin would. Mm-hmm. I, I like just having fun, going out. It, it's fun. Absolutely. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing The Adventures of Tintin, and we have with us Anthony. And he was telling us about this film and how he related to Tintin in the way that he likes having adventures, and he really wants to go on an adventure. And I think all little boys your age love going on adventures, and even, you know, at girls my age, I like going on adventures too. So I think we can all relate to that adventurous side of Tintin. So, what age group do you think this film is best suited for? Well, I would say, like, probably six and up, because really it has a lot of bad stuff in it, um, some violent stuff, like uh, someone just got bullets shot right through them. Um, There's alcohol so many inappropriate things yeah but my brother thought it was fine and he's six so i think it would Mm -hmm. be for probably six and up i can definitely agree with that it being six and up my little brother he went and saw it and he's seven and he absolutely loved it he thought it was really good so can you tell me a little bit about how many stars you would give this film on a scale of one to ten um, I would probably give it, like, nine, because, really, it was a really, really good movie, but it's, like, kind of too violent for y- younger kids. It would be cool if they would get to see it, too. Mm-hmm. You think so? So, what did you think about the overall production? Uh, the overall production. Everything was great. It, it just really, the motion caught on, the pictures, the animation, the voice talent. It was a really, really good. Yeah. It was just such, so good. And do you think that um, you would have any morals or messages that you got out of this film? Well, probably like a message don't drink alcohol that's one simple thing because after what i saw what captain did after he drank tons of alcohol i do not want that to happen to me well that is a very good message to get out especially for someone your age you are far too young to be drinking alcohol as we all are so can you tell me what you thought about um some of the other characters besides Tintin, who wasn't, you know, such a main character, what did you think of the supporting roles? Well, my favorite character, uh, instead of Tintin, I picked Captain Haddock, because he's so funny. He's, it's just one of the best characters I've ever seen. So many funny parts came out of him. Mm-hmm. You thought he was really comical? Yeah. I think in movies, my favorite character is always the funniest character. Um, I always like, even if they're not the main character, I always like the ones who can get a good laugh out of you because, you know, I love to laugh, as do most people. So, um, so Anthony, what is the most, like, important thing in this film that really stood out to you, whether it's the animation, the voiceovers, a specific scene, uh, you know, anything? What is something that stood out to you the most in this film? What stood out to me the most is that 
really um first like close to the end when um the bad person got all three of the ship's like papers mm-hmm. and he was sailing off. Tin Tin started to give up, but Captain Haddock made him to like keep on doing it, keep on trying. Mm-hmm. We can do it. So he sort of Which... reinforced his hopes to keep going and keep trying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really good that the captain was able to encourage him when he got his hopes down. And I think that's very important to always have someone around that you trust where if your hopes start to get down, you can pick yourself right back up and you're able to um, recover from doubting yourself. So that's very important. So what uh, is there anything that you would have left out of this film or anything that you might have changed in the film? Well, something I might have, like, what I think they could have added was a little more, like, I know they had lots of adventure, but they could have added, like, a tiny bit more to some parts where nothing really happened. They just stood there or something. Absolutely. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for telling me all about this fantastic film, The Adventures of Tintin. It sounds super great, and I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And I'm very glad to hear that you're eager to see the next film if they make one, which I hope they do because the first Tintin was very fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www kidsfirst.org. I'm Raven Devaney signing out and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>